Welcome to The Versatile Writer, the podcast that aims to provide help and support for like-minded writers. This week's episode looks at sequels. As has become the norm with my podcasts, I'll be analysing, over-analysing and indulging in my thoughts, asking and answering questions as they arise, but it's quite possible if I'm thinking these thoughts, so are you. I've talked about sequels before and some of this content may be repeated, but I'll give it a go. So here goes, sequels. It's worth mentioning also that I'm recording this next to a window where traffic is going past fairly regularly. Ordinarily, my take on why book sequels happen is that while the original story was complete, there were some threads that didn't get answered or could be developed upon, and thus a sequel was created. Or perhaps that the story was quite long, but the book size is already large, think Lord of the Rings and others, So its sequel gives the reader time to absorb what they've read before the writer releases the next instalment. And so its sequel gives the reader time to absorb what they've read before the writer releases the next instalment. It gives the writer time to extrapolate and work with the relevant information in the existing book and the publisher a good reason to exploit the interest in the first book. However, it's not always as easy as that, is it? Regular listeners to The Versatile Writer and readers of my books might know that when I write fiction, my relationships with the characters can become all-encompassing on the outside of the story as well as within it. I've talked before about using actors as as a resource for building characters and watching movies the actor is in so I can absorb everything about them, the way they move, the way they talk, the way they dress. This was mentioned in the Versatile Writer episode on Hyperfocus back in a previous season. I've researched how other writers deal with their character-writer relationship and it's probably fair to say that most writers are able to compartmentalise their emotions and feelings so they can deal with their everyday lives. To a point, I do that too. But I also live and breathe mine. I actively dream about them and bring those dreams back into my everyday life. If you are like me and your process is similar, I'd love to hear from you. (laughs) Being emotionally attached to a story is probably a good thing for a writer. You need to bring forward aspects of the character's personality that are relevant to the task they've got to complete and also those traits that are important to the relationship with characters. I'm not sure I could do that as effectively if I didn't feel something, good or bad, for the character. The way I see it is that a lot of character creation is about getting inside their head and to do that I have to dig deep inside my own. I also use writing resources. Many of my resources are books, like a set of thesaurus style books that help with amplifying emotions and psychology books for writing characters. In a nutshell, I get so involved with the characters that my emotions take a hit when the story is over. I've discovered that one of the best ways to deal with this occupational hazard is to create a sequel. That way, rather selfishly, I get to spend more time with the character and, hopefully, readers who enjoyed the first story will also enjoy the extra time with them. That is, of course, if there is enough story left to write about. In the interests of balance, there is a school of thought that says our characters are completely made up, which they are and are nothing more than a figment within our heads, which, again, they are. But, if we're asking the reader to part with their money for an entertaining experience, where they suspend all reality for the duration of the read, 
I think the least we could do as the writer is immerse ourselves in the spirit of the story and believe the characters are real people too. Sequels can be born out of anything raised or implied in the first novel. I've done this with several of mine, although most are not published. One of my earlier ones, Guardian Angel, which was a self-published novel about a couple of decades ago, is now out of print but was narrated onto this podcast to ensure it was still out there, albeit in the audio format. Technically it's not an audio book, but then you could argue it is. The story was originally published only in print, long before e-books were even a thing. And when Covid hit and everyone was locked down into their homes, I thought it would be good to get it back out there. A DIY audiobook style. A chapter on each episode for about 12 episodes. The original story is about a crime author, Jane Murray, who rides along with officers from the Boston Police Department in Massachusetts in an attempt to beef up her crime novel sales. Its sequel was about the backstory of one of the detectives she went with, Tim Angel. He's an unusual man who was raised by his grandparents after his mother died and his father abandoned him. That there is the foundation for which I based the plot. Being raised by grandparents means, for Tim, that he treats women in a noticeably different way than most other men, and certainly his woman-chasing partner, Dale Faulkner. Having that contrasting personality trait between the two men, who both owned strong opinions, meant that sparks would fly. And in this primarily romantic suspense story, that would be a good, meaty hook upon which to hang interesting dialogue, behaviour, and more than anything else, provide a basis for the ensuing romantic relationship that's about to take place. This story is a prime example of how I created a sequel from the first novel because there is a throwaway line in the story where Tim and Jane are sharing a takeout. You could argue that no novel should have a throwaway line, but actually this worked in my favour. Here's an extract. Tim sighed. You got any chopsticks? We have to eat this with chopsticks. You're setting your ways for a young guy? She gestured to the cutlery drawer. I'm older than you. Jane laughed. How old do you think I am? I was taught it was not polite to ask a lady her age. She nodded, emphasising the point was quite right, grabbed the two plates and ushered him through to the living room. Who taught you that, your mother? My grandmother, actually. My grandparents raised me. I don't remember my mother. She died when I was a little kid. The chapter goes on to mention how Jane notices his traditional behaviours, like opening doors, paying for dinner and treating her respectfully. It's something she hasn't experienced with most men she's dated. While this says something negative about the kind of men she usually dates, it also highlights that being traditional can seem, in inverted commas, old-fashioned. But in Tim and Jane's case, it's something she's been secretly searching for. In the sequel to the novel, Guardian Angel, The Journey Home, sees Tim receive an out-of-the-blue phone call from an agency who has located Jane's angel, his father who Tim believed was dead ever since he abandoned him at his grandmother's front step when he was just six years old. The ensuing problem is twofold. Fueled with trust issues and feelings of abandonment and unworthiness, who instigated the search and why did Jane's angel abandon Tim only to go on to have another family when Tim believed he was dead? Interestingly, the sequel ends with a suggestion of a future family reunion that I'm about a quarter of the way in. 
This third in the trilogy has a story surrounding it that shines a light on the third member of the threesome, Dale Faulkner. I thought it was a good way to close the trilogy by giving him a story of his own. These things do have a way of expanding when you consider them absolutely and utterly real people with real lives. Interestingly again, the story I've just finished is a romance that takes place in both Boston and London. It looks like it could have a sequel attached. And not only that, it's possible that because it also uses the New England setting, it may accommodate a crossover with Guardian Angel as an offshoot. Can you imagine writing a crossover with existing characters and new ones? Tim and Jane were published longer than 15 years ago, but lived in my mind for a few years before that, and my current characters were around 10 years old. Between the two stories, there is some overlap of character traits and locations, but some of the questions I'd need to answer are things like, would Tim and Jane be 15 years older than the first story, or will they still be modern day? I suspect I'd have to keep the modern day because of Tim's job as a detective. That could be quite taxing. So 15 years on would expect him to have been significantly promoted. Alternatively, maybe he got out of police work and tried something else, or even retired. There's so much to consider. I've heard of other writers doing a crossover. For instance, a romance writer focusing on each new novel upon one of four brothers and their families until at some point you have a half a dozen novels about an extended family. I do like the idea and wonder if I'd get tired working with the same characters again and again. I like creating new ones and learning about them just as their love interests do. For me that's a big part of creative writing and writing novels. I've recently read that the idea of a multiverse was being considered by author Stephen King since most of his novels and characters are already linked through geography and character. Listeners might wonder if I have delusions of grandeur when I relate thoughts of my work in the same sentence as Stephen King and other crossover stories like DC and Marvel. But rest assured, I do know where my limits are. I just have great fun playing with love of storytelling and love of film and character development. Anyway, that alone is a fantastic thing to imagine and certainly something to consider as a future project. I'd love to hear your thoughts on sequels and crossovers and your own relationships with people who don't really exist, aka fictional characters. You can get in touch through the Versatile Writer Facebook group, the link will be on the show notes. If you have ideas for future episodes of the Versatile Writer, do let me know. You can let me know via that Facebook group as well. It's been an interesting one this one, focusing on sequels and development of characters and crossovers. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on your own. Until next time, thanks for listening of The Versatile Writer.